Hey guys, and welcome to Off the Beaten Clef. This week, we are doing the live playlist. Yeah, boy. So let's get into it. guys here we are mm -hmm. we're doing a little bit faster a little bit worse right princes the live playlist yep. i'm really excited to do this this is i notice um we get our inspiration from what we talk about in the previous episodes mm -hmm. so we talked a lot about a, a lot about live performances last week and i think that kind of translates into why we were like let's do a live playlist fuck it let's do it live yeah and i, I love the premise of this and i'm i'm really excited to get in to why we enjoy these songs. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I want to full disclosure too, like I'm not a huge fan of live recordings typically. I think live music loses a lot when you're not there. But there is like certain performances that stand out for certain reasons. So this was an interesting week for me because I don't necessarily love listening to the songs that I picked. Like they're not like something I'll put on all the time, but I do appreciate them for what they are. So Especially if you've heard them live, I think that yeah. you can you can hear it, you can picture it. it kind of helps you like relive that memory yeah. which is, i think is a couple of our picks both of us so. right. and it's like like we said what we talked about last week like live performances really kind of drag out the authenticity and if you don't have it it's going to show in a live performance that's mm -hmm. why i hate michael buble he's my classic go-to of people that don't have it because i've seen him perform live and i'm like oh this guy's this guy's a corporate shill fuck this guy so um anyway uh you want to get into audience submissions here let's do it Cool. Uh, first is Chad Rogers. Uh, Chadius is his name, I think. I think that's what Ben still calls him, but that's what he used to call him. Um, he did While My Guitar Gently Weeps from a whole bunch of artists uh, during the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction of 04 and 05. It's really cool. I remember watching this. It's really cool to see all these different artists and guitar players on stage. It's Tom Petty, Prince, a whole bunch of other people too. So uh, Prince rocked this performance out. Uh, it's really cool. So It's a great, like classic, awesome guitar song. Um, if you don't know, Eric Clapton and um, George Harrison wrote it, and it's a you know originally recorded by Eric Clapton. So, great, great classic rock song. So, uh, really cool performance too. Yeah, I, I hadn't heard this before, and I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I, I, I had definitely heard it, but I never I forgot about it for sure. Yeah. And then I remember I was like, oh shit, yeah, this performance was awesome because I used to watch like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions all the time. Just for because they would always do shit like this, especially if somebody was going in that I really liked. So definitely uh, worth a watch if you can find the YouTube video for this one. Yeah. Um, next, uh, do you have the email pulled up or do you want me to do this one? You can do this. Okay. So next is our uh, every week contributor now, um, spiritual fourth member of the podcast, <laughs> uh, Lord of Trash, Louis Kern. Um, he picked Mind Tile from uh, our Mind Tile. I don't know. I'm saying it. I'm sure I'm butchering that. By Rammstein. Um, they actually just released a new single, which is fucking awesome. Uh, to go off topic a little bit, it's about like how they want to love Germany, but they know about Germany's past, so it's really hard for them to love their home country. And like the video is brutal in a lot of ways. It's a really, really cool watch. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to read Louis' email here just off the cuff. Uh, so if I stumble, I apologize. So another tough one, boys. Too many good live performances that aren't on Spotify. That's a great point, actually. Uh, my submission is a live version of Mind Tile by Rammstein. I saw them play live back in 2012 with my roommate Trevor, and what a show it was. Hands down the best pyrotechnics ever conceived, and the music is heavy as hell. 
during this particular song, the singer was dressed as a blood-covered chef with a knife attached to the microphone. It's like on the back part of the microphone. It looks really cool. Uh, and pulling around a giant pot containing the keyboard player. Uh, the lead singer then proceeded to pull out a huge flamethrower and shoot it underneath the pot. When he, st- when he stopped the flames, the keyboard player popped up, flailing his arms in the air before ducking back down and repeating the scene. Um, and then he provided a link. Uh, and he said, Ramstein for sure is in my top five live performances ever. And they're known for like their awesome pyrotechnics. Um, their lead singer during uh, Du Hast, which is the the main song that probably most everybody knows, the Du, du Hast uh, from the late 90s. He has like this, he shoots a bow and arrow up above the crowd and it takes like four rockets up above the crowd and then it hits a bunch of pyrotechnics then it showers sparks all the way back. Then once the sparks get back, like the whole stage shoots on fire. They're, they're known for awesome pyrotechnics. Like I want to see them live real bad. Uh, so yeah, great pick, uh, especially when coupled with the video because it's hilarious. Uh, yeah, well, we'll, if I can remember, I'll do my best. <laughs> I'll include uh, the link into yeah. our show notes. That way everyone can get a, a visual. Yep. So uh, thanks, Louis. That was a good pick, man. Yeah, I really like it. I don't know you, but I like your picks. <laughs> Louis, like I said, Louis is a cool dude. You like you'd like Louis if you ever met him. So, um, you want to do the next? I don't know three. Yeah, technically sure. three. Uh, Andrew Dahl. Yeah, I believe that's how it's pronounced. Uh, he says "Money Live at Nebworth." Nebworth by Pink Floyd. Yep. We're, I don't think you and I are big Pink Floyd guys, but. I've, I really like this performance. Yes, yeah. I, I am a Pink Floyd guy in that there's very certain songs I like to listen to, like Machine or um, Have Another Cigar. I think that's what it's called. But the, there's but like Pink Floyd is definitely like a state of mind kind of band. Like mm-hmm. they're they're made for stoners essentially. Yeah. So, um, but to hear them play live, I think it's it, I'm gonna get to it with Metallica. Like it brings brings them down from like just the the commercialized version of yeah, them. Sure. Uh, yeah. It's a cool performance too. I, I like, because I'm so used to listening to them from their studio recordings. So I, I think this is one of the few times I've ever heard them live. So it was give it a cooler, different, like more raw aesthetic. I think that's what you're trying to say mm-hmm. there. So uh, yeah, cool pick. Uh, Benjamin. Yep. Our honorary third member says hammer to fail. Hammer to fall. Hammer to fall. I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> hammer to fall. Quiet. Queen? Queen. <laughs> Queef at Live Aid. Jeez almighty. Hammer to fall. Did you mean to say Queef? I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just lean yeah, into just it. Just lean into it. Uh, Hammer to fall. Queen at Live Aid. Yes. That was easy to say. Yeah. Wow. It's almost like it's my first day reading. Um, we could have just put, you know, the whole episode could have just been like, hey, you want to pick 10 songs from Queen, Queen at Live yeah. Aid? Yeah. Um, it's an iconic performance. And... What a good song. He, he, I think he went for a deep cut on purpose. Yeah, I think so too. It wasn't like one of the ones that you would know from the show. Mm-hmm. But Hammer to Fall is great. Uh, it's one of my favorite Queen songs, so it's cool to hear it live. Uh, and I, when Ben said he wants to, wanted to pick a live Queen song, I was like, oh, from the Montreal set. Because that's my favorite live Queen set. Because Freddie really, really plays with the audience on that one. That's like when they're at their peak. And, you know, Freddie didn't know he was dying yet. Live Aid, he did. So there was a, just a different feel to it. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I don't know. Watch Bohemian Rhapsody. It's it's the Live Aid scene is like almost it's it's beautifully done. <laughs> it's it's they do like a side by side on YouTube. Yeah. It's crazy how spot on he got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is it, Rami Rami Malek? Yeah, is his name. Yeah, he he killed it. The whole performance, especially the Live Aid section. So, um, if you're not familiar with it or Queen's story or Freddie Mercury's story, um, 
it's it's a sad story um but the live aid performance is is legendary for multiple reasons oh yeah yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll let you take the next okay, one. Okay, so... Uh, we can't trust my reading. Ben Ben is an asshole and uh, really wanted, really pushed for two songs this week because he just couldn't decide because he's such a goober and just really Benji's out all every week. Um, so I acquiesced. I told him to grow up when he first asked. <laughs> just follow the rules like everyone else. And uh, so, but finally we're like, whatever. We, didn't, we had, didn't have a whole lot of submissions. So we're like, okay, that's fine. We, you, you can do two this week. You are the spiritual third member. Um, so he picked The Only Road, uh, Cosmic Gate remix uh, by Gabriel and Dresden and Cosmic Gate, obviously. Um, this one's okay. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, I, I don't know. I, it's, I don't want to discourage it too much because I didn't really have a lot of time to listen to it between work and when Ben picked it late last night. Um, so I gave it like a cursory listen this morning and then a little bit on the car ride over. It didn't really blow me away. So I don't want to say it was bad. I just, it didn't blow me away. So. Yeah. I, I'm not a huge fan either. Yeah. It's not to say it's not a good pick, but you know, didn't tickle our fancies. Yeah. And I, I'm and sure we're, ben, just, we're two guys. Like it's our, our two opinions. It yeah. doesn't mean it's a bad song. Yeah. And you know, I know there's some sort of story behind it for Ben. Uh, I just don't have it on hand. So, uh, you know, Again, I, I I would probably feel differently if I listened to it again and I give it some more time. I just didn't have enough time for it this week. Yeah. And then go ahead and do the last one. Our our friend uh, Tommy Bacaris says the entire tiny desk of Mac Miller, yeah. which we didn't put on our Spotify playlist because it's not on there, but it's a good point. Mac Miller, uh, it was, I think it was pretty close to when he died when that tiny desk came out. So there's a lot of sentimental value to that, but also like it's just a really good performance. A lot yeah. of old stuff, a lot of new stuff. And it was cool. It, it humanized him, I think, in a way that I wasn't used to. Like, I didn't know he had that kind of soul to him. I was yeah. just thought he was kind of like a goofy rapper. Yeah, I'm 100% like not, I have no reference for Mac Miller. I never listened to him when he was alive. Um, I know a lot of people loved him, but I was just so far out of hip hop at the time. I just, I don't, I've never really listened to Mac Miller, but I'm sure it's great. I've heard great things since he's passed and. So maybe I'll do a little deep dive yeah. sooner rather than there's later. A, there's a TikTok where this m- young mom is like, my three-year-old like goes and sits at the TV and wants to hear Tiny Tiny Desk by Mac Miller every morning. Yeah. That's like how <clears throat> the little girl starts her day every day. That's kind of so, cool. Yeah. Um. So let's get into picks. You care if I go first? Yeah, go for it. Let's go Big in Japan by Jeb Bush Orchestra. It's a great name, by the way. I don't know what the story is behind it, but it made me giggle every time I read it. I, I don't know a lot about this band. This is another one that I discovered from TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, it's live at the Tonic Room. Their, their TikToks are worth the follow because they are so much fun. They play like jazz music, so it's all kind of free form. Mm-hmm. And like every now and then they'll just be like, hey, you go for a solo. And they're like, they like do a solo and then they <laughs> kick it back. And their their performances live look so much fun. They would be a, a really cool band to go see. And they just look like a bunch of like frat boys. Mm-hmm. Like uh, they're not very imposing. Um, and I was very close to picking this for Instrumental April just because it was like unlike anything I've really gotten into myself. Yeah. So it was like a really good bridge into to instrumental music that I, I don't listen to a lot of jazz and I don't listen to a lot of freeform music like this. And it was just like, it opened a whole new world. So yeah. thanks. Thanks, TikTok. You open you open my eyes to a lot of weird music. A whole new world. <laughs> ah, that fell flat right at the end. I'm, I'm disappointed with myself. 
if, uh, I, if, if my voice was right, I would have I would have met you with Jasmine's voice. Thank you. Appreciate <clears throat> but that. I wasn't there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good to know you were thinking about it. Though. Yeah, I was. I after I uh, misread earlier, you know, I'm kind of scared to put myself out there <laughs> yeah. again. Uh, you want to take a quick break? <laughs> no. Reload here. Uh, <laughs> but no, I really wanted to throw a curveball at you. Was really what this was. Yeah. Um, and I think freeform jazz would be the the way to get you. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of curveballs you can throw at me that I'm not going to like. I think we've established that I like really weird shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and I've talked about it before. Like jazz is a challenging form of music for a lot of people that haven't listened to a lot of music. So it makes sense to me that you haven't like this is around like your age is around the time where I started to kind of really kind of dig into jazz and really kind of figure out if I liked it or not. And I I, I still am kind of on the fence, but I think watching jazz musicians perform live and it really kind of changes the way you feel about it, especially if you've kind of like just, you know, done a whirlwind tour of like a lot of music. You really start to appreciate jazz for what it is and the the master class you need to be to play jazz at a high level. Um, So no, I was, I was pleasantly surprised by this because I really do, even if freeform jazz isn't like my favorite thing to listen to, I can appreciate it on a holistically like musical level. Um, and th- I really liked this track. So it's not to say I, I dislike all freeform jazz because I do. I enjoy this quite a bit. Uh, just really cool riffing uh, at the end. Uh, it's not for everyone. This is because it'll 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 kick your ass. Like if you're not you ready for it, it's like what the fuck is happening? What is this? I don't know. Like what is this weird mid tempo like weirdness going on? Uh, but it's, it's worth it if you want to, if you just kind of sit down, give it a chance and just kind of appreciate what's going on, uh, musically. It's, it's awesome. I really, really enjoyed this pick. So thank you for picking Sweet. this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, my next, my first pick here, um, it was black Irish by Adele makes three. I knew I had to pick something from this album. It's what I got the title of the playlist from, uh, you know, a little bit faster and a little bit worse. I just love that you know kind of admission that yeah live our live music is it's not going to be album quality and i always i always appreciated that joke in the the album title and uh devil makes three is my favorite bluegrass group that i've ever heard they just do it right they feel authentic uh and i just like you know the first thing i wrote is i need to see devil makes three live and i want it to be in a bar that can hold like 25 people in the middle of a west virginia holler i want the walls to be leaning over and all i have is bud light or bud and bottles and moonshine that's that's the kind of place you when you hear this song you're like fuck that's where I need to see this because dirt, dirt floors yeah man yeah <laughs> just this you know you can see the cobwebs in the corner it's the same five people that go there every night and it's just that's where I want to see them like the chicken wire in front of the stage <laughs> so it's just there's an authenticity to bluegrass and specifically the devil makes three that just makes me happy and bluegrass I think is music for the people more than anything else it's 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 rooted in that kind of poor holler, but it's, there's something animalistic and primal about it that every single human, no matter of where you were born, can kind of relate to because it's 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 about being happy or like at least making happy sounding music in in spite of being in destitute yeah. <laughs> shitholes essentially. Mm-hmm. And I just really really love that sentiment, and I think anybody everybody can relate to that at some in some sort of way. So that's a good point. I never thought about it. Yeah. It's just, it's just really fucking cool, man. Bluegrass fucking rocks. And I think if people say they don't like it, they haven't listened to it enough Mm -hmm. or they're just, you know, terrible people. Cause it really, it's happy music, man. Yeah. You can't listen to it and not smile. Full disclaimer. You guys have already going to, you're going to hear this song cause it's going to be our intro. Cause this is, yeah. this is, I think unanimously my favorite 
my favorite and your favorite song on this playlist. Yeah, mine by far, yeah. But it sounds, it's like an Irish jig almost, and then it turns into a bluegrass song. Yep. And I I wrote, <laughs> get me a spoon, I'm finna slap it on my leg. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I want to. I I don't. I know I can't, but I want to. Yeah. And I don't think it matters. Like it's, it's, like more controlled, free form music almost. It's like, this feels like it could be in any. It could have been written at any time. Yeah. Seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds, like when we first came to America or yesterday. Yeah. You know, and that's the cool thing I th- I think about bluegrasses and the same thing about bourbon. It's like you feel like you're like, transported in time. Yeah. And it's just a really cool, I, I really like what you said, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But, you know, it makes me want to drink moonshine and skinny dip. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. it's just feel-goods, man. Feel-good mm-hmm. vibes. That's all it is. Get the feel-goods in. And that's really all bluegrass has ever been for me. One of my favorite road trips I ever took was I was driving to Athens on um, State Route 50. And I got to got close enough to where I could hear WOUB, which is the uh, radio station like the student radio station they just happened to be doing like an hour-long uninterrupted block of bluegrass and it was one of i was by myself and i was like yes this fucking rocks dude because i'd listened to some bluegrass up to that point but never a straight hour of it and i just i fucking loved it and i I fell in love and i never looked back and bluegrass to this day is one of my it's it's i honestly should have put some bluegrass on my state of zen it could have been all bluegrass because nothing makes me happier than bluegrass music it's especially just when you're on cool. a drive too. Oh, like, yeah that's perfect it's great especially through the hills of hawking valley like mm-hmm. hell yeah dude especially like state route 50 is like literally through appalachia and so i just felt right you know mm-hmm. what i mean and it's just ah it's it's one of those like again f- f- freeze frame moments in my mind i'll never forget that drive and it was it's so inconsequential to what happened that weekend but i remember more about that, that drive than what happened that weekend it, it, yeah it just sets a mood if yeah. you're driving whatever you're listening to on the way there is going to set your mood for the whole weekend mm-hmm. and i really like that we're embracing our bluegrass roots <laughs> it's not what i ever expected to happen on this show <laughs> well i think I, like i said it's it's music for the people it's music for everybody mm-hmm. and so if you deny that then you're denying your roots you're denying that this shit's just fun to listen to. And if you're just a being a sour sport, if you don't, if you, oh, I don't want to listen to this, it's dumb. Okay, go somewhere else and be stupid somewhere else. Let yeah. me enjoy my bluegrass. <laughs> All right, so uh, my second pick, Windy Clear by Blink-182 mm-hmm. from the Mark, Tom, and Travis show. You're welcome, by the way. Yes. Uh, <laughs> every week, Kevin and I will make a playlist, and we'll send it to the other, and we'll fill it in with our songs first. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was going to kind of be like, me and El- we were like elbowing, trying to get through the door at the same time, uh, trying to pick a Blink One A Two song. So I really appreciate you making the playlist and not adding Blink. Yeah, we we talk about this album all the time. Like I wrote, if we had a Venn diagram of albums we grew up listening to, this would be one of the few, if not the only album we both listened to growing up. If we make when we make it to a hundred episodes, maybe that'll be our hundredth episode. That'd be cool. I fucking love this album so much. So it was really hard for me not to pick a song off this. Uh, Windy Clear. I I picked it because the the I've been chugga moving on. I that chugga. I think about it like daily. <laughs> <laughs> it's like forever on the front cortex of my mind. Yeah. Um. But this song, I picked it because it changed the way I listened to Enema of the State. Mm-hmm. It's such a cool performance that like this is just kind of a throwaway song on Enema for me. But hearing it live, I was like damn this song is so cool and like the way they just like 
speed up the tempo like a little bit faster a little bit worse yeah. is basically the whole mark tom and travis show <laughs> yeah. it, you love the songs and you can sing along to them but it feels like they're going at like one and a half times mm-hmm. the speed um like if you're listening to a podcast and you click like one and a half speed but <laughs> that's what the whole album is and i love it so fun fact now when i'm making tiktoks i listen to it on two times speed and it's fucking weird <sighs> how do you do that I, well because i gotta scrub through i gotta that's scrub true. through an hour of content that's like tiktokable and that's crazy yeah. luckily i had the casserole moment in mind for last week so i knew exactly <laughs> kind of where that was so so be ready for a queef tiktok <laughs> queef from live aid <laughs> but they're so talented in this there's a reason this album is so highly revered it's because traditionally pop punk music does not sound good live no it's not ever going to sound good on a live album but somehow this sounds so good and it's full of fart semen and devil jokes and just like they've a lot of these jokes fall flat but it's just it's so funny because it's like it's like when you're delirious in the middle of the night and you're like make a funny joke and you and you and your buddy are the only ones finding it funny and everybody's like what (laughs) (laughs) but it's still funny to the two of you and that's all that matters and i think that was the whole point of the them like using the megaphone sounding like the devil was like they're just trying to make each other laugh yeah the devil always cracked me up dude (laughs) just because it's such a dumb it's such a dumb thing it's oh, fuck. I don't know. Keep going. I'm sorry. No, that was, that was all I had. Uh, um, but it's just the trifecta of preteen humor, and yeah. I think that's when we both heard it, and it was just like it shaped us without realizing it. Yeah. No. I, this is this was like the only live album I ever owned, and I, I played the wheels off this shit. I haven't listened to this album in a really long time. I think I need to go back and listen to it because I'd forgotten what it was called. I remember that album art distinctly, but I just. Punk is one of those things I don't listen to a whole lot. And I've been listening to it a lot more now that I'm doing this playlist. But uh, uh, it's uh, it's just not uh, something I, I, I've moved on from punk in my life. Um, but I, I need to go back and listen to like old Blink and stuff like that. And like all the old punk bands I used to like Bad Brains, No Effects, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. uh, this album is perfect for me. It, it really shaped a lot of my humor and a lot of the shit that I really thought was funny for a really long time. Like, mm. oh, you're right. A lot of the jokes are kind of cringy now. Like, they didn't age very well, no. certainly. Uh, but The Devil still always makes me laugh. Um, I forget what the song is. It's the shit, piss, cunts, like whatever it is. It's it just fucking, oh, it kills me. <laughs> then they end it with, I fucked your mom. I'm with that power cord. <laughs> it's fucking, it's so funny, dude. It's so dumb, but it's so funny. I think the blowjob song's on there too. Yeah, blowjob song's definitely on there. Uh, it's There's just so many stupid jokes. I wrote, you could have put any song from this album on there and it would be okay with me because I love this entire album and it's it's formative for <laughs> that me. That song's called Family Reunion. Yeah. <laughs> Where they just say all the curse yeah, words over and over again. Of course it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, it really what sold it for me was the skits in between, and I just I always remember like, man, this is fucking. If my parents knew what was on this album, they'd hate, they'd fucking hate me, and they would never let me listen to this album ever again. They, they actually probably wouldn't have cared now that I'm grown older and like got to know their actual personalities. But yeah, um, the best is when. I, We'll save it for the 100th episode, but it's really funny when he's about to play What's My Age Again. He's like, God, I hate that I wrote this guitar part. It's so hard. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but to your point, you were talking about, like, you know, pop punk doesn't sound good. I think that's why Blink was so successful, and they were kind of, like, the most successful pop punk band of all time because they are good musicians at the end of the day, and they can sound good live, and they're good vocalists. Both Tom and Mark are great vocalists, and Travis, we all know Travis is a great drummer. 
so I think that was the key to their success is that a lot of pop punk up to that time where they were just glorified garage bands that just had a cult following and made it big and within their little corner of the musical world. And Blink really had pop culture appeal because they were good looking guys, but they were also really good musicians and they had humor that was really like a cutting edge for the time. And it was just, it was a perfect storm. And I really, I love Blink for what they did. And I still love Blink to this day, even though it doesn't age super well. It's still, I know a lot of people will say, oh, that's not real punk. Fuck you. Whatever. Who cares? Oh, it's, 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 it's pop punk. It's exactly what it is. Mm. So whatever. I love Blink. I'll always love this album. And I, I really like the fact that the skit in this one is like everybody's getting tired of it and it's not funny anymore. But to me, that makes it even funnier because Tom tries to like save it. He's like, hey, what if we try this? And Mark's like, he just makes a stupid dick joke that isn't funny. But it's, it's just funny because they're like, oh, well, I guess we're, we've only got four songs left. So who gives a shit at this point? What's he say at the very end? He's like, uh, we're going to play one more song and then yeah. we're going to play two more after that so you got to act surprised when we come back. Yeah, and say, hey, I'm going to tell you how the rest of the night's going to go. We're going to play one more song, we're going to walk off stage and then we're going to come back out and play two more. And he's like, that's called an encore. And Tom's like, encore, say it with us, encore. And it's just like, it's so stupid. It's like breaking the fourth wall shit. It's just really, I don't know. I love Blink. Mm-hmm. I miss this dynamic too. And I think that's why I, uh, this album is part of the reason why I refuse to listen to Blink Without Tom because it just I miss when they all got along and they were having fun and they were just Blink. Yeah. So. Yeah, it sucks to see your parents break up <laughs> as you get older. <laughs> it does. Uh, so moving on to my second pick here, I had to put this one on here. This was a snap pick for me. And when Ben, I sent Ben the playlist, he's like, "Of course you picked that." I'm like, "Yeah, it's one of my favorite live. It may be my favorite live recording ever." Uh, it's No Leaf Clover by Metallica from their S&M album. It's the first uh, album they recorded with the San Francisco uh, Orchestra, which is, it's incredible. I, they only did four shows originally. They just did a second one where I think they did three. So it's like, a, it's a super rare thing to have seen this. And I think that's really cool. And Metallica is one of the few bands in the world that has the kind of clout to do a show seven times and it be remembered this fondly. But they really did a good job with it. And all of the arrangements they did with the San Francisco Orchestra for their older songs were really cool. They were obviously very Metallica heavy. But this song was composed specifically for this set. And I think it shows because you can hear a lot more of the orchestra. They're, they have more harmony parts. Uh, they're not just part of the melody or like adding on. They're actually a part of the composition. It makes it, it, makes it that much better. Uh, you know, I wrote this as clearly part of the like poop Metallica era. So the load reload era just sounds, it has that stupid cheesy, like, I don't know, like three doors down kind of weird I think weird it's the rock. way he does his vocals. Yeah, it is. You're 100% right. I was thinking about that on the way over too. James had kind of, I think he had just gotten out of rehab at this point. So he just kind of had softened up and he'd gone through like a, like truly life threatening crisis. And I think he was just trying to soften up and just not be a bad boy anymore. And it kind of showed in the way he performed like vocally. Mm-hmm. There's still some cool moments in here. We, we got a classic. Yeah. <laughs> at the end, which always makes me, makes me laugh when I hear James Hetfield go do that. And it's just, um, it's just great. Uh, but like I said, the first part of this song is just whatever. It's that kind of classic era, uh, like poop era of Metallica is what I call it. But when you come back and you get that, and they got the like the brass section coming in behind it, like fuck 
yes, let's go. Because like French horns and the brass section is the loudest section of any orchestra, and they're still getting drowned out by the just chug, this the furious chug. It's just fucking awesome, dude. It just ah, there's something about like a metal breakdown with brass behind it. There's just it's just oh man, it's so good. Think about like Mars with like heavy guitars in it mm-hmm. too. Like th- that would be fucking awesome, and that's, that's exactly what, it what this, like. yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, I sorry, were you done? Yeah, pretty um, much, yeah. Uh, I I was kind of meh about this song yeah, just because too. of the vocal performance until I heard the orchestra and the orchestra was like, it like perks your ears up a mm. little bit. It's like when Diesel's ears just go, whoop, you yep. hear something outside. Uh, and then the guitar solo comes in and you're like, oh, oh. And then the chug. Yeah. Oh my God. It sent me into a hero's journey is what I, yeah. what I thought. Like, I felt like I was about to go like to war. It's the final showdown. Yeah. It's definitely gonna... a marching song. Yes. Um, but I think for me to truly enjoy Metallica, I think I'm going to have to listen to live albums because I really liked this and it kind of got me out of like the whole, it got me focusing on more of the performance and the actual vocals, mm-hmm. which I think the vocals kind of irritate me sometimes. Yeah. I think you would like older Metallica too before he kind of cleaned himself up or maybe like, uh, not St. Anger, but some of their newer albums they're better so mm-hmm. uh but they really did suffer for like a whole like 10 year stretch from reload reload and then saint anger which is just almost unlistenable really it's just mixed really bad yeah um the songs aren't terrible it's just mixed really bad um but yeah i, I, I thought this was a really fun i didn't know i i thought i heard some orchestra i didn't know if it was like someone had put it in there i remember you saying they did something with an orchestra yeah but... this whole performance they performed performed live with a full orchestra which in and of itself is really impressive yeah I mean, that's what, 80 people? So, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. It was a really cool experience because I was kind of like, mm, another Metallica song. And then it was like, oh, yeah. this is not what I was expecting. So, yeah. I, I think you're wearing me down. I think I'm I think I'm going to end up listening to Metallica on my own. Yeah. I think <laughs> the, the, if you do, listen to Master of Puppets album. You'll, Master of Puppets is awesome. That's mm-hmm. a great fucking album. That's a great place to start. Um yeah, Master Puppets is perfect Metallica in my yeah. opinion. So start there. It's also the coolest album cover ever. So yeah, man, I I, uh, I don't know. There is certain vocal parts too where he's like, uh, "Sucker for that quick reward, boy." Just uh, that shit gets me. That, like that's I was like, all right, James has still got a little bit of edge to him, mm-hmm. uh, but he's he's mostly softened up at this point. I think that's what makes me hate this era of Metallica so much. Yeah, I think he. He was getting hyped with the music is what it felt like. Yeah, that's why was, I think I love like the S&M performances because he gets fucking hyped up. And it's like, oh, yeah, James still has some edge. He's still like a great metal vocalist. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man. Uh, my third pick, Cherry Wine mm-hmm. by Hozier. Yeah. Hozier. Yeah. Hozier. <laughs> Hozier. Uh, Zoe's been getting me more and more hip mm-hmm. to uh, to music like this. I only knew them for Take Me to Church. Yep. And that was like eight or nine years ago. But I get was this on the same album as Take Me to Church? I don't fucking know. But either way, I love how happy and melancholy this is at the same time. I, do, I wrote the exact same fucking thing. Literally really? word for word. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, That's two songs in a row we've had the same Yeah, it's like, and this, this one sounds sweet on the surface, but there's this feeling of melancholy that I really enjoy. Like almost word for word. And I think that's only something you can evoke with a really good performance in the studio or a live version. Mm-hmm. And I think this song did a really good job of like when you're driving and you park your car, but you have to finish the song, you end yeah. up like staring out the window and you're like, 
I need to go for another drive. So it did a, it did exactly what I think it was meant to do. And I don't know. It was like, if you need character development, the song's going to get you there. Mm-hmm. So uh, what are your thoughts on Cherry Wine? Literally almost the exact same thing. It's like, in case you didn't know, this guy does have more than one song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, again, it's got that really cool mix of like, it's very sweet in tone, but it's, you can tell, but it's just the way he sounds maybe. Maybe it's just the way he sings that gives it that sort of melancholy. But it's amazing either way. It's just a really cool acoustic recording that is, it's hypnotic in a way. And just the way it's almost, uh, yeah, you listen to it and you just kind of go into a trance almost. Because you're just like, oh, what is this I'm feeling? You're kind of stuck in this kind of middle no man's land of like emotion. And it's just, again, I really love shit that does that to you. It kind of challenges your emotions and how you should feel and how you think you should feel versus what you're hearing. And yeah, it's just a really cool live performance. And I think you hit it the nail on the head too. And like, you can really do this much more easy in a live performance where you can kind of play around with arrangements and stuff like that and really kind of change the tone of a piece pretty significantly if you do it right. So yeah, just a cool, cool song. And uh, like I said, I haven't listened to a whole lot of Hozier. I don't know how the fuck to say his name. Hosier. <laughs> I haven't listened to a whole lot of this guy uh, outside of Take Me to Church and now this song. Um, but I do I do enjoy his vocals and the way he kind of approaches music. I've, I've heard other shit from him. Uh, I just, you know, he's got a cool voice too, which is, he's a, it's unique, which is rare mm-hmm. in these days. Everybody kind of sounds like somebody and I don't really, can't really put my finger on who he sounds like. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely wanted to listen to more of this. So this this def, this pick definitely surprised me though. This is not a, a person or act I expected to see specifically from you. So uh, yeah, it was a pleasant surprise. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty easily susceptible. If if people play a song and I'm like, this is unlike anything I've heard before. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be obsessed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it, it's just, it's rare. Uh, once you get to a certain point in your life and especially with you and I of somebody who just loves and listening to music with like, especially with a critical ear, when you hear something like, Oh, I've never heard that before. That's going to make you like, Oh shit. Like I know I'm obsessed with this song. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it was indie without try hard. Like yes, indie can be so try hard that you're yes, like, Oh, you're using big. Yeah. It's not lumineers. Indie. Yeah. It's it, not using is... $10 words and you know, <laughs> yeah trying really hard yeah yeah it's it's yeah i don't know i get exactly what you're saying again it's authentic it's authentic Mm -hmm. so um speaking of authentic yeah uh this is us trying to be cool guys we're way too old we are hip we are hip with the times uh so next pick johnny cash boy named sue one of my favorite live recordings of all time because the audience interaction with this song is so funny to me. And uh, I really wanted to use the recording from San Quentin State Prison because that's a legendary performance. Like he literally went into a maximum security prison and performed in front of inmates because it's Johnny fucking Cash and nobody's going to fuck with him. He's the man in black. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And they loved it. They ate it up. It was a great performance. And uh, But the, the fucking both versions on Spotify are edited. Edited. Ridiculous. And they edited bitch. Like of all words to edit, like he's they edit I'm the son of a bitch that named you Sue. And it's like, what the fuck are you editing? That's one of the best parts of the song. And it's like the the turnaround moment in the song where he's like, Oh shit, I ain't gonna kill you. Um 
So I don't know. Fuck it. Fucking Spotify. I don't know why they edited that, but I found another version that wasn't edited for some reason. Uh, but anyway, that's, so that's the version that made the playlist. If you're listening to our playlist, just semantics that nobody cares about. Anyway, into the song. Um, I wrote, uh, so I would, you want to say this though? Cause, uh, I wrote an edited version, which makes me want to shoot a man just to watch him die, which is another reference to another Johnny Cash song, which is my favorite lyric of all time. That's from Folsom city. Mm-hmm. And it's a shot of man in Reno just to watch him die. And I'm like, Holy fuck, dude, that's so hard. Like dude, that's the hardest lyric of all time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, like, it's just imagine that scene. Just, well, well, that's what it looks like to die. All right, cool. <laughs> um, oh, man, fucking Johnny Cash. Just the coolest dude ever. Anyway, um, the great thing about not having a world-class voice is that you can form consistently great performances and you can really tell a story in like a very sing-songy kind of way. And the way Johnny phrases things throughout this song, like one of my favorite moments, there's so many good moments in the song, but he's like, when he finds his dad and he's like, my name is Sue. How do you do? You're gonna die. It's just, it's so funny. And like the audience is going fucking crazy because they know the fight's about to happen. And he just he he accentuates at perfect times and he pulls back at certain times like the uh when they're spilling out into the street and he's like we were fighting in the mud and the bloods and the beer and it's just the way he said like pulls back and it's like yeah it was a it was a fight but i'm like yeah it was we were fighting in the blood and the muds mud and the blood and the good. it pulls you beer. in it makes you lean yeah, in yeah it's great he's just a master at storytelling man and it just it's uh, fucking Johnny Cash is the is um is the man. Like mm-hmm. I can understand somebody listening to him like, oh, this is what's so great about this. I'm like, no, just really listen to how he's saying shit and the reaction he's getting from the crowd, and you'll know exactly why. Yeah, he did. He didn't play this song. He performed it. Yeah, oh, and, yeah. Um, he feeds off the crowd, and I think he persuaded a lot of people in how they perform music. Yeah, he's just one of the best to ever do it. And yeah, I don't have much better analysis than what you added because you you put a lot of good effort into that but i love this is one of my favorite like recordings of anything ever i I fucking love this live recording it just seems like a song that everyone's known since birth somehow yeah um i feel like that about a lot of like like ring of fire yeah uh Folsom city uh any really johnny cat it's like you feel like you've heard it a million times but you've never really listened to it and then once you really listen to it for the first time like oh yeah (laughs) so fucking good it is God, I love Johnny Cash so much, and I forgot how much I love Johnny Cash until the like, these last few episodes that we've done. Mm-hmm. So, my fourth pick, mm-hmm. "Narcolepsy" by Third Eye Blind from the Summer Gods Tour Live 2017. Mm-hmm. The song is a pretty good one. It's from their stuff titled uh, that pretty much everyone knows, um, "Semi Charm Life Jumper." All those songs yep. are on there. Um, but hearing this song and when he says, "I can feel this narcolepsy slide." And he lets the crowd chant into another nightmare. Um, you know, it just gets the body moving because, yeah. you know, as soon as that happens, it's just like it goes into a full instrumental. And then the song just like picks up the pace. Yeah. And it's like almost sending you in this dream like and it just like snaps you out of the, the dream. And they're one of my favorite bands to see live. And I can see why people wouldn't like this because it is like it almost seems like it's out of tempo. Yeah. At times, but it's more about the momentum and and how the song makes you feel than I think being like correct you know what i mean um but you know getting the crowd involved and not being afraid to play the hits is why i love seeing them live yeah they they're so good about like i know where you guys came to hear us yeah we're gonna play god of wine as our encore we're gonna play semi-charm life right before that so stick around we're gonna play some deep cuts in between but um 
you know, we're not going to be afraid to play the hits. And it's cool to see how this song has evolved in the, tw- it was 20 years from the time that it was in studio version to playing this live. And you can hear a lot of changes that they made over time. And it's really cool. I love, I love third eye blind. I love seeing them live. Yeah, no, that's, I didn't, I didn't even, and for some reason I didn't put together that it was in 2017. So a lot of my notes make a lot more sense here where um, I can never really decide if I really actually like Third Eye Blind or if they were just like Rose Tin and Goggles, like entry level, like rock band for me. And I think it's a mix of both. Like mm-hmm. I think it's, I think you can have both at the same time here. Uh, but this performance is really cool. Like there's moments like the, it's, there's, they I've often, I've talked about before, like there's more said in the silence in between music than there is like in the actual music sometimes. And I think they use punctuations of silence in this live performance really well. And it just, it kind of elevates it from like that kind of entry level music that they kind of made back in the day to something new and mature. And I think that makes sense that it's 20 years on and they've kind of matured as musicians and they kind of realize like, Hey, let's give this, this, let's give this track room to breathe and let our fans enjoy it. It's for them. It's not for us. And I think that's a really cool and humble way to come at a live performance. And I think a lot of what you said kind of mirrors that as well. Like they're really much better to see live because they know what's for their fans. They know, they know what got them there and Mm -hmm. they're not like up their own ass. And I think that's a cool place to be as a musician or any kind of artist really where, you know, you're not, you know, you're not the best in the world, but you know, you have a, a fan base that will love and support you. And so everything you do from that point on, it should be for them and it should be a celebration of them celebrating you. So really, really cool. And I just really enjoyed it again. It's not, it didn't blow me away, but I think listening to the way they arranged it and kind of let the fans take control and, they really benefit from having a crowd to play off of, I think. Mm-hmm. So I think if I listened to this song on the album again, I would be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But I think, you know, having it be a live performance, again, elevated it to a point of, again, it's authentic in a way where they know who they are and they know who they're playing for. And mm-hmm. I, there's something really cool about that. And I really enjoy it, even if I don't necessarily, this could be a song I hated. But to hear that kind of like humility in a performance is really cool because you don't get that from a lot of artists. They're like, nah, this, fuck you. My, my shit's great. I'm going to do whatever I want. But no, they, they really did it for the fans and you can kind of tell that mm-hmm. in the way they arranged the, the, the set. So really cool pick. Um, I didn't ex- When I saw Third Eye Blind, I was like, ah, man, I don't know. I really don't like Third Eye Blind all that much anymore. But the more I listened to it, uh, the more I really started to like it and appreciate it for what it is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, cool pick. Thank you. Um. So moving on, number four for me, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Omi by Nirvana, uh, from their legendary Unplugged in New York set, um, just a few weeks before Kurt Cobain killed himself. Uh, it may be the most famous live performance of all time. It's certainly in top five, probably. Mm-hmm. It's like Live Aid and this. Essentially, are the two ones yeah. everybody knows and everybody's seen. Uh, it's just it's an incredible performance the way it's shot like from a cinematography standpoint the way they set up the stage in kind of like a weird way almost looks like they're just sitting around in a living room playing music and just the way Kurt Cobain handled this whole entire uh, like live set is incredible he barely he he played almost more Meat Puppet songs than he did Nirvana songs this is another Meat Puppet song um and I love it. It's it, I remember learning how to play this song on guitar and really enjoying playing it because it's just such a cool sound. Like that first, like the, the doo doom 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 
doom and the way he plays it is really cool mm-hmm. and the way he plays with his voice in this song is really cool i think kurt cobain is like lauded as being like this revolutionary like grunge anti-establishment guy but he really is a like a genius when it comes to musical arrangement if you really start to break down the way a lot of his songs are constructed he is he's a genius he was a genius and uh even though it was this crunchy grungy sound the way he he had a very good musical sense about him and i think that really shone through specifically in this acoustic set and really in this song as well um it's a meat puppet song but in my mind this is just kurt cobain's song mm-hmm. uh, like i've never even i don't know if you've ever even listened to the meat puppets version because it doesn't matter to me <laughs> like this it doesn't matter it's not their song anymore it's like when i heard nine inch nails for the first time i was like oh yeah no this sucks hurt. oh god <laughs> yeah. like i've listened I, I know i've listened to it before and i didn't hate it like meat puppets are fine but um great name for a band by the way yeah it's just it's it's almost hard to say like it's caught near though like meat ugh, puppets um but yeah, no, it just great song. If yeah. you've never listened to this set or even this song, give it a listen. Yeah, um, the the live performance, like you said, is is iconic. It's but this performance specifically is captivating and it's it's haunting. You, it's hard to take it without the context of you know what happened a few weeks later. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is haunting his performance anyway, and it just seems so sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and this song exemplifies why Nirvana was so captivating Mm -hmm. um the guitar work like you mentioned was like superior and it didn't seem like a guy that was in a grunge band should be that good at the guitar it seemed like play it loud and turn up the amp and just like you can be bad but this is like quieted it down to make you realize like dang he's actually really good it's like when t-pain took the auto-tune out and he did that live performance i was like oh shoot t-pain you you could sing. Yeah, I know um, I've mentioned this before, by the way, but just a quick sidebar: T Pain is a great follow on Twitch. His live streams are mm-hmm. fucking awesome. Just wait until you watch the episode about him. I know, now. I can't okay. wait. It's next. <laughs> um, but you know, the vocals and the backup vocals mm-hmm. are great. It's like perfectly executed, and it leaves you wanting more. Yeah. And you know you can't get any more, so yep. that's that's what kind of sucks. Okay. Quick question. Yeah. Is it cool to hate or love Nirvana right now? I don't know. I don't really care because I go through the same thing where it's like, oh, fuck, Nirvana's so overrated. And then I'll go through times where I'm kind of at now. Like, yeah, I really appreciate Nirvana for what they yeah. were. They're just, there's such a moment in time. Like their music is not timeless for sure. It's, yeah. this sounds like the early nineties and it, it feels like the early nineties. Like it leaves like, when you listen to it, you feel like you haven't brushed your teeth in like a day and a half. That's kind of what Nirvana feels like. Yeah. But, uh, there's something special about it. And I think, it's cool for me because I grew up in that time and mm-hmm. I, I distinctly remember the period of time where Nirvana was huge. I remember listening to Nirvana and loving Nirvana and my brother was a huge fan, my older brother. And he really, he, I've, as I've talked before, he shaped a lot of my musical tastes mm-hmm. growing up and still does to this day. And I don't know. I think it's, it depends on if you've actually listened to Nirvana or not Yeah, and you can appreciate what they were. Then I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing, if you're hating them just on the basis that other people think they're cool, that's that's just stupid. No matter who you are, mm. <laughs> so I think if you listen to them and you you just genuinely don't like them, that's okay because I get it. Because like I said, it feels like you haven't brushed your teeth in a day and a half, and yeah. nobody likes that really. <laughs> um, but if you can get past it, if you can just sit around long enough, you're like, I ah, don't, but doesn't bother me anymore. I can go a couple more days. Just drink some orange juice, you'll be fine. <laughs> Chew some gum. <laughs> yeah, you'll be all right. Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, 
I think it's cool. And another sidebar here, it always impresses me to know that Dave Grohl was just the drummer in this band. And then he went on after Kurt Cobain died to have one of the biggest rock bands of all. He was in two of the biggest rock bands of all time. It's crazy. And he went from being just the drummer. Admittedly, he's a really good drummer. But then he went to being a front man, also playing like rhythm guitar, which is it's crazy. Dave Grohl is crazy talented. <laughs> Despite what you think about Dave Grohl, he might, you might think he's a douchebag, whatever, who cares? He's just to be involved in two of the biggest music acts of the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. That's off to you, sir. We'll, we'll do a Foo Fighters album. Oh you. yeah, we need to. Foo Fighters are fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, you can hate them all you want, but they, they're just good. Yeah. So, you know, eat shit. <laughs> It's funny because I I waffle between like oh yeah and then you know what you can like what you like it's fine, but then if you dislike something I find you know really good eat shit you piece of shit you <laughs> fucking philistine get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, our list of things that we hate grows larger every week. <laughs> so uh, my fifth pick, I don't like you by the Rex. Yep, the jam in the van session. Um. These boys can rock anywhere, Kev. Uh, I've seen the Rex live, and I think that's why I like this performance so much. Mm -hmm. It's because I didn't care for this song on the EP. It's like on a three-song EP, and I was like, "Mm, you know what? But hearing this song, even in a van, it just showed how much fun they are. And their guitar work and the way they have everything timed out, it's just a lot of fun, and they're all in sync. And I think that's really impressive for guys that are pretty young. Like, these guys are were probably 18, 19 when they mm-hmm. recorded this. And uh, I think it's f- it's fun for the same reasons that I picked, you know, Windy Clear and Narcolepsy. They're like songs that were standouts on the album, but then you hear it live and you're like, this sounds so much cooler live. And I guess that's why they made the song in the first place. Like, we want to jam this out in front of people. Mm-hmm. So um, the chugs and the way they sync up is just kick-ass. And, you know, it's a top-tier band that I've seen live. And they open for the main which is one of my favorite bands to see live. And just to see the Rex outperform them was like, whoa. Yeah. It was, a, and they had like six songs to their name at the time. So, yeah, I remember you telling me about that a long time ago, actually, like before we even considered this podcast. So, they, yeah, then I know that must have stood out to you because you've been talking about it for years. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, man, I don't remember how harsh I was on the Rex one during our episode. I don't, I think I actually really liked yeah. it. Uh, and I, I was reminded why with this song it's got, and I wrote, I don't want this to sound, I don't know how you feel about Jack White, but this feels very much like a Jack White written track, the way they perform it here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's because he's always been on kind of the razor's edge of what Rocky is at any kind of moment, any moment in time. And that's, that's kind of the, despite what you think about Jack White, you know, personally, a lot of people think he's like an intolerable douchebag, but the music he makes is awesome. So you can't deny that. I mean, you can, but you're wrong. So uh, the core, like the chorus, like you kind of touched on it too. I think what really t- struck me is how in time everything was for a live performance. It doesn't sound like a live performance. I mean, I did want to give you some shit because technically a session per- recording is. I don't know if that's really live. It's not in front of an audience. We kind of push the boundaries a little bit. <laughs> But you know they're in a van, man. It's yeah, it's it's raw, it's raw audio. Yeah. There might have been a little bit of post production, but it's raw audio. So I can I can I didn't want to give you too much shit about it, but um, and I liked it so much I didn't give a shit by the end of it. So it was the only live thing they had. <laughs> yeah, so. I was grabbing the straws there. Yeah, no, I really don't. I didn't care by the end of it because I just love this track so much. It's just a cool, awesome, high energy jam, and it's 
it's worth listening to, even if you don't really like this style of music. It's like a mix of old rock and roll and pop punk, almost. Yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah, it's 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 very heavily influenced by like older rock and roll for sure. Uh, but yeah, just a cool, kick-ass track, like you said. And, and you know, it's I, th- I think the vocals sold it for me too. The vocal performance is really cool. It's kind of like herky jerky, again, that kind of classic Jack White style. Mm-hmm. Uh, more like Raconateurs than White Stripes, but you know, you yeah. get you get what I'm saying if you've listened to any of that music yeah. before. So, yeah, moving on. If you're done with that, yep. Uh, to another one of my favorite live performances performances of all time, uh, Muddy Waters, Manish Boy. Uh, and I said, you want to see your parents get up and hoot and holler and dance? Throw this on because I've seen it happen and it's fucking hilarious. I went to like a barn party with a bunch of my mom's friends one night and I was just tired of the music they were playing so i went up and i plugged my phone into the aux and i I just started playing shit and i played this and every single like of all the 15 people my mom's age there this came on they were like they all got up and like oh and they stood up and started like old people grinding on each other and it was just one of the funniest things i've ever seen but it does it has that kind of like timeless gritty macho bluesiness about it that's undeniable and uh blues muddy waters is my favorite blues man by a mile Mm -hmm. i mean you can i like all of the classic blues mans i mean bb king all all those guys like but for me muddy waters just is the most authentic to me i mean his name's fucking muddy waters for christ's sake and you know he has that classic like chicago blues style which i really dig and it's just hearing the crowd in this just react to what he's saying and his hype man in the back on he's just like yeah oh yeah just on certain things and it's really funny to hear because he's like it sounds like he's like in the back hallway just like, <laughs> and just like fucking jamming out by himself he's like yeah you do it's fucking great man um that always stood out to me and it always made me laugh but it's 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 that rawness to this song there's it's this is the most classic blues like you could ever do just repeat it over and over again if you've heard blue, if you just think of the most stereotypical blues song you can think of, and it's this song, the same meter, same guitar lick, but it's it's the delivery of Muddy Waters and his playing off the crowd. Uh, it just rattles my bones, man. It really does. This this song rattles my bones, and it's every bit as heavy as Ed, the heaviest metal out there. This is a heavy song, and it, it, it's oh, it's so fucking good, man. It just drips with machismo, <laughs> and I love it. It's just oh, fuck, it's so good. Yeah, it's it's simple, it's elegant, and it almost feels like Bad to the Bone, which I think this is probably before Bad to the Bone, but yeah, it's got that same feel of like, just, like I don't know what he's got, but he's got it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like every movie where like someone's about to get discovered by a, a record label, and they're like, I don't know what it is, but they've got it. He's he's a man. <laughs> he says it m- multiple times. Ain't that a man? <laughs> and the guy's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> The the crowd definitely keeps the the momentum building too with him, and it's this is such a cool song. Yeah, I I don't think I've ever heard it before. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm happy to have introduced you to it because I fucking love this song. <laughs> this could have been on my state of Zen too because this yeah. song just makes me happy. Uh, I don't know. Whenever he starts spelling M, and he goes H out, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's fucking cool. Ah, oh, I could never be that cool, man. <laughs> I fucking love this shit so much. Uh, yeah, Muddy Waters, bless up, buddy. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fucking love his shit so much. I'm, I love blues, and I think my, nobody did it better than old Muddy there. Yep. Yep. And that's it. That's it. 
You ready to get the songs of the show? I think so. Okay. You go first this week because okay. I went first last week. So, Shut Up by Tyler Posey featuring Finn and Travis Barker. Tyler Posey, uh, you might know him from Teen Wolf, but uh, he's been a like face of the resurgence of pop punk. Not necessarily because he was making music, but because he was such a big fan. And he's done a lot of cool stuff for the scene. And it's cool that he's like making his own music now. And anytime you get Travis Barker on it, you know it's going gonna, it's gonna to have cool drums. But I really like the back and forth of him and the, the female uh, femme. It's um, it's a good. He's he's gonna be very famous. It's gonna be like MGK, where it's just like when the album comes out, it's gonna be huge. But he can write a hook. It's really catchy, and it's rough around the edges, which is I think okay. Yeah, that's fine. You if it's want, done right, yeah. You just don't. I I don't think I would like it if it was super polished. So it's good, and it's got heart, and it's rough around the edges. As long as it's intentional, but not intentional to a point where it feels fake. There's a very fine line there. It just feels like a new songwriter. Yeah. There's just not like a precision to it. I don't Again, think. I keep I keep bringing back up Youngblood, but there's that where he's almost too polished. Like he's trying to do something weird and raw and like emotional, but he's almost he's almost too overproduced. It feels like, and mm-hmm. it loses some of that authenticity when you do that. Which again, I, again, it's counter to what I say. Even last week, I said to me, production value is everything. But production value doesn't necessarily always mean super clean and squeaky. It's sometimes it's like this song needs to have a raw feel to it. Yeah. But we can't overdo it for, you know, the sake of doing it either. So, yeah, it's it's being smart about how you record your music is really what I mean by that. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, I haven't listened to the song yet because I didn't see it before. Yeah, I've been I working all day. So uh, I'll listen to it on the way home for sure. Um, so this is this might be a first where a listener submission led me on a rabbit hole that I fucking, it blew my mind. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, uh, Louie uh, submitted the Party All the Time cover uh, by a Thank You Scientist. And just randomly listening to it, because I was listening to this playlist before it was complete. So it picks something that's in the playlist or the last thing that's played and it picks the next, like another song by them. At least that's what my Spotify does. Mm-hmm. And Feed the Horses by Thank You Scientist came on, and I fucking was blown the fuck away, dude. I love Thank You Scientist. They might be my new favorite band, legitimately. Like, I went through and I listened to this whole album and loved every single track, and I went to and listened to, like, another full album. I'm like, these guys fucking rock. I'm, I'm so pissed off that I haven't listened to them more up till now because one of my favorite bands of all time is the Mars Volta. They're very, very challenging to listen to because they do push the envelope quite a bit. These guys feel like accessible Mars Volta to me. Mm-hmm. And, or, you know, another, Ben brought it up too, but I also heard it when I was listening to it. They feel like Coheed and Cambria fully realized. Like if Coheed and Cambria actually did what they were like potentially able to do instead of making shitty songs, uh, this is what they could have sounded like. And it's just, man, it's so fucking good, dude. It's weird at the beginning, but then it kind of settles down into this really groovy, funky pocket. And it's just... It's so good. Uh, it's so fucking good, dude. <laughs> I can't talk enough about how much I love Thank You, Scientist. They're, they're, they, another way you could do it is like, uh, you know, a, an alternate evolution of like Faith No More, where they kind of really kind of explore and being more accessible and like more funky almost. Mm-hmm. That's thank you. Scientist is like the culmination of everything. I wanted a lot of my favorite bands to be, and I, and man, I can't get enough of them so far. Like this is the only band I've been listening to outside of our playlists for like the last two weeks. Yeah. 
So that's how yeah. I've been with Strawberry Girls too. I'm still, yeah, their new shit's awesome, <laughs> yeah. dude. Oh fuck yeah. Um, another uh, submission from my fiance Zoe. Her song of the week is Jordan's House by Hobo Johnson. He's got a new album and it is, it's addicting. It's not even like a great song. It's yeah. just like, it's Jordan's House. So that's all you need to know. The same way me and Ben are trying to railroad you into listening to EDM. I feel like you and Zoe are trying to get me to railroad me into listening to Hobo Johnson. You're going to listen to it as soon as we finish recording. Um, so anyway, guys, that's our show. We are, we got some fun things planned for yes. next week. Yes. Um, just in case it falls through, we won't talk about it. Um, we might be doing a regular episode, but we might be doing something special. Um, we'll keep you in the loop. If you guys are following us on Instagram, it's at off the beaten cliff at on Twitter. It's at off cliff. And we're on TikTok too. Yep. We're hip with the times. It's uh, off the beaten cleft pod. Yep. So uh, give us a follow on there. Off the beaten cleft at Gmail. We love our, our Gmails. So uh, yeah, like I said last week, it's a paradigm breaker. Mm-hmm. It's a free cameo. You can get me to say whatever the fuck you want within reason. Obviously. We're just slowly adding members. So if you want to be a part of the show, you want to be a, the fifth member, send us a mother flipping email. At some point, this is going to be a Patreon only thing. Where if you want to be on the show, you got to pay two, two like five dollars a month to mm-hmm. be able to submit something. So get in on the ground floor while you can, folks. Be the fifth member. Yeah, folks. be 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 grandfathered into audience submissions. Join so. the cult. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, one thing too, I want to touch on. So Dylan and I have become incredibly busy over the last couple of weeks. So we may or I may not see some faltering in the the show like release schedule but we're doing the best we can but we also don't want to push ourselves too far um you know we love doing this but we want to make sure we're not sacrificing our own sanity to do it yeah. so uh we we love doing it guys and i you know i thank you for everybody that listens all to you know 25 of you that listen every week it was it really does it makes me happy every week to see our listeners because i'm like oh the same people are listening every week at least we're not losing listeners <laughs> so uh i really do appreciate it but you know you know life happens and we're, we got to try to figure some stuff out here so yeah stick so- with us yeah we're gonna try and get ahead a little bit but uh you know bear with us if, if we gotta take weeks off so yep uh All right. We'll see you next week. Bye.